Learn more about fun local events and interesting people throughout the heart of Middle Tennessee with a dash of everyday tech talk thrown in for good measure. The Local Click starts now. Hello, welcome to The Local Click. This is the October 2023 episode. This is episode number two of the DTC podcast known as The Local Click. I'm Nick Noakes and my co-host is Justin Malden. Justin, great to see you today. Glad to be here for number two and counting. That's right. Something must be going right because they asked us back. So uh, we appreciate everybody uh, joining us for the first episode. By the way, we now have a website URL that is active. So if you want to find out all the places you can listen to us, the different podcast platforms, if you want to find YouTube links, all that sort of thing, anything dealing with the local click, just go to thelocalclick.com and that will take you to a DTC uh, webpage landing that has information about this podcast. Please uh, feel free to share it out with your friends and neighbors and uh, help us spread the word. We've got some great things in store uh, today. So, uh, first uh, interview that we'll have for today is Ace Gonzalez with Ace's Restaurant in Smithville. And Justin, I know you've been there and spent a lot of time there. And what do you think of Ace? Listen, Ace has a fabulous establishment that he has gotten there. Fantastic food, uh, great atmosphere, wonderful person and individual running that. G- amazing passion and a great story for him to tell. And you're going to want to stick around and hear what he has to say. And then we also have an interview with Susan Melton of TriStar Title, and she will be discussing all the various very important uh, aspects of the title business and escrow and other things that have to do with real estate. And if you live long enough, you're probably going to need services like that. Yeah, that's an absolute essential business. So eating is essential uh, for us too, but also if you're going to operate, own a piece of land or do anything, title company is going to be something that's going to be essential and we're going to be speaking with somebody who can help you with that. Yep. And like last month, Justin will be here with a couple of segments. He'll have his uh, tech news roundup as well as tech tips. And we'll have uh, Jared Bradshaw here with his Ask the Expert segment. He's an employee here at DTC that helps customers every day. So who better to... Uh, ask for a little help with some of the common questions that you may have when it comes to technology in your home than Jared. So we're glad to have him back. So make sure you stay tuned because it's going to be a great episode. And with us today, my special guest is Ace Gonzalez. Ace, thanks for being here today. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. We appreciate this very much. It's going to be a lot of fun because we get to talk about something I like to consider myself a very big fan of, food. Food, yes. (laughs) One of my favorite things. (laughs) Yes. And I've had your food before, and I know you're very good at it. So uh, We're trying. I'm learning how to boil water. (laughs) Yeah. So we're doing good. I think you're going to catch on. (laughs) Okay. I I got a good feeling about it. (laughs) Thank you. So for the people that don't know you, uh, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about uh, your your business. My name is Ace Gonzalez. Background uh, for the past 45, 50 years has been on food. So... Actually, 51 years. So wow. A little bit, isn't it? That's awesome. Yes. It tastes like that when you have your dishes. You can you can taste the experience in there. It is great when you were raised by so many different nationalities from uh, German, Irish, Spaniard, French, English, European, Italian, and the last one is going to be great, Cherokee Indian. Wow. Unbelievable, ain't it? That's awesome. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. <laughs> yes, Do you so ever feel like they're never... battling each other, trying to see who's going to come out in a dish? It was excellent because from a creme brulee, which is a French dessert, 
Italian tiramisu, we're starting with a certain set of Andres right now, uh, to any kind of a dish could be the marinados or the pastas or any um, beef wellington for an idea, which is a filet mignon wrap puff mm. pastry. As a teenager, a young man, can you imagine eating that? That was awesome for me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very good. Yes. I do know at the end of this interview, I'll probably have to run out of here and go to your restaurant immediately and have Why something not? to eat. Because we'll be you. talking food the entire time. <laughs> yes. Stomach's going to be growling. So uh, so tell us a little bit about, uh, well, first, what's the name of your new restaurant in Smithville? The name of the new restaurant is called Aces. And the reason it was named Aces through my granddaughter, Bella, because when we owned the Cloverleaf for 20-some years, uh, everybody used to write a check, the people that we knew, and put aces. Or they call us, this aces place, we get an award, it says aces, then say Cloverleaf. So my granddaughter says, Papa, let's call it aces. And we did. I love that. Yes. Who's to argue with that, right? No, I'm not going to argue with my granddaughter. She's smarter than me. <laughs> and so where are you located? You're in oh, Smithville, right? We're in Smithville, yeah. 110 West Walnut. Okay, so you're on in the downtown. Square, on downtown the square. Awesome. So how do you like the new place? I love it. Number one is mine. And I did this for my kids and the family. So it's like a legacy. Thing. I wanted to build something that was completely unique in some ways. And everything was American inside, including the dishes, by the way. Awesome. Yes. I'm gone home for God, country, and uh, family for, for sure. But to make a long story short, everything we tried to do, it was emphasized on quality. From the tile to the paint to the silverware to the dishware, American plates you cut into and, and they don't release lead or mercury. Other plates that you buy overseas, they release mercury and lead when you cut into them. My plates don't do that. So that's why I don't buy uh, foreign plates. I like my American plates. God bless America. You know, you think you're <laughs> going to sit here and talk about, you know, food and techniques and things. You don't think about the behind the scenes parts of running a restaurant that are very important. And, you know, health right. and safety and little touches yes. like that. I guarantee you one of the cleanest kitchen you've ever seen. You're more than welcome to come in anytime unannounced and check anything you want in that kitchen. I assure you of that. So tell us a little bit about your uh, background as far as where you were born, where you grew up in your formative years <clears> and that sort of thing. I was born actually in, in an island, Cuba. And that's what I was telling you before, all those different uh, nationalities mm -hmm. that mixed in and being raised in the Caribbean was interesting. Uh, we left a country that was not communist, but it became communist when we left. And it was horrible. We were lucky enough to leave through, uh, it was called Freedom Flights. My uncle from Long Island, New York claimed us. And... Uh, in other words, he did the paperwork and paid $500 a person to come here and get processed and do everything. It took five years to leave the country, so it was very interesting. I learned a lot. How old were you when that happened? 13 years old. I'm never going to forget that day. We got into the plane. It was Eastern Airlines at that time. They were still in business. Mm -hmm. When they closed the door and the plane started rolling, they say, Welcome to America. And, oh, my God, they gave me juicy fruit gum and Coca-Cola. <laughs> One of the happiest <laughs> days of my life. <laughs> One of the best snacks you've ever had, right? Oh, my God. We actually, when we landed in Miami, um, we held hands, prayed, kissed the ground, and thanked the U.S. for being here. One of the biggest things I remember after that, my uncle sent some money to my father. 
my father came out within an hour, an hour and a half, and says, look how great this country is. And he showed me a dollar, and he says, in God we trust. I never forgot that. I get chills thinking about That's that. That's amazing. I love that. That to me, can you imagine what a great country, a country it is that uh, they says, in God we trust. Are you kidding me? So you uh, you started in? Boca Raton, Florida, 1971 when we arrived, and I was 13 years old. February 24th, 1971. So I'll never forget that date either. But uh, we went to school in Boca Raton, junior high, and middle school, junior high, and high school. So I graduated from high school in Boca Raton, Florida. So did your uh, background in, in restaurants and cooking, did it start while you were in Florida, or did when that I was come in later Florida, in life? I kind of told them that I was a little older than I was, and I started working in restaurants uh, doing pots and pans for a buck seventy-five an hour. Hey, there you go. <laughs> really, this is all you've ever known, isn't it? Yes, all my life. The food service industry, the food restaurant service. business. I worked in yeah. different restaurants under great chefs and very uh, finicky, picky owners, very clean. One of them was called Patricia Murphy's Cascade of, uh, here we go again, New York. And that lady used to come in with white gloves and used to check the kitchen and everything else. She used to run her hands under the shelves, over the shelves, everywhere with white gloves. And he better be immaculate. So that's the way I was brought up with that and I never forgot that and that's what we do the same way right now. So how did you make that transition from Florida to Tennessee? It took about 12 years to come up to Tennessee. I had a school friend told me to come up and visit and finally we had enough time to run three restaurants. It was kind of tough and had enough time to come up here and it was a very rainy night, stormy night. Uh, my missus, my backbone, uh, was kind of afraid. We're not used to being so many curves and as dark as it was, and it was a bad storm that night. But as soon as the sun came up, she fell in love with Tennessee, and that was it for me. <laughs> I did too. So we fell in love with Tennessee, ended up buying 40-some acres. We built our own log home. And then as years went by, we <clears throat> before that, we were running, started to run the Cloverleaf restaurant. But, uh, and... We love it. And we've been here for, um, oh my goodness, 24, about 24 years now. And I also remember from uh, being at the Cloverleafing either many times that family is very important when it comes to some of your workforce help. You seem yes. to really embrace the family aspect of that. I love the family. I think um, if we all pull the rope the same way, we can accomplish something. Um, I have my daughter and my son that helps me. Even the grandbabies at the new restaurant that come in, uh, the younger one don't do much, but Bella helps me in the front. And uh, my son has two kids too, so they're not so much involved in the restaurant because school and stuff like that. Right. Bella is a great A student. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yes, we love it. But that, uh, the whole family is involved. My son actually in the new restaurant right now and at the Cloverleaf, he cooks. And the wife is in the kitchen with me. And uh, and my son-in-law is in the kitchen now, too. So we have two employees. They're almost like family. They're on the dish room. But everybody in the whole kitchen is just about family except for two people. You know, we really care about each other in a small That's, town. I we? love that. Yeah. I love that part. And you go anywhere, hey, hi, how are you? And it's great. As far as the restaurant business in general, how do you think it's changed over all these years? You could hardly get fresh products. People around this area love catfish. 
I use domestic American catfish only. You know how hard it is to get fresh catfish in the middle of this country. Finally, I hope within a couple of weeks we'll get the fresh catfish. I haven't been able to since I opened here. Before we used to get it, the company that I was buying from is not there anymore. And the meat that we use is almost 100% organic. Instead of using antibiotics and stuff, believe it or not, they feed them garlic and onions. And garlic acts like an antibiotic. So the pork is organic. The chicken is organic. The meats are all organic, and they're all prime. the meats are all prime, which is higher than choice, which is you have different stuff. They're not injected with all kinds of chemicals and garbage and stuff. Right. You can taste, when you taste and you cut into it, it better be tender. So what would you say maybe are your top two or three dishes that people request when they come in? Biggest meat seller here is ribeye and filet mignon lately. Yeah. It was unbelievable. The pork chop, too. The pork chop has been going great. And we do the pecan, crusted catfish with a tomato, basil, butter sauce. In French, it's called beurre blanc, which means uh, white butter sauce. But actually, it takes the color of the little bit of the greenish of the basil and the tomato. So it's like a rose color by the time you get it. What about desserts? Usually, you can make a uh, Belgium chocolate uh, slice, which is a reduction of Belgium chocolate and heavy whipping cream and a little bit of meringue. And it comes like a gooey slice, and it's done with an inglés, which is a vanilla custard sauce. And then it's decorated with a raspberry sauce or a chocolate sauce, too. And the other one is tiramisu, which is an Italian uh, folded uh, mascarpone cheese, and it has espresso. It has a little bit of holy water, I call it. Uh, And it's got a little bit of amaretta, a little bit of that. And it's simmered, so all the alcohol for people that doesn't want to consume religious beliefs or any of the beliefs or their preference. Uh, the flavor's there, but it's gone. What about uh, technology as far as um, how, how does that help you on a day-to-day basis? Like I know DTC provides some of your services. The phone service uh, and computer service, and my alarm system service, uh, Everything, whether it's home, any of my properties, DTC's got, including my video cameras and everything, 100%. We've been with your company, and I'm bragging about it, but since we've been in here in Tennessee. Oh, back in the year, No, I appreciate it, and I appreciate this. If you had somebody that wanted to get started in this business, and maybe it's be a chef, or maybe it's not. Maybe it's being a server or something mm-hmm. else. But uh, specifically, uh, I'm thinking maybe more from the chef aspect. If, if they really, they have an interest in food and they think, you know, I think I may, one day I may want to do something similar to this. What would you recommend to them? How should they get started? I think if you have the love and the heart to cook and you're a clean person, I think you can do wonders. You can learn from mom and dad if they do things not from a back, a box, you know, from scratch. Right. But I recommend going to school. There's a couple of good schools out there. There's Johnson & Well, Culinary Institute of America in Hyde Park, New York. There's the Cordon Bleu. They have it up here in the United States, which is a French school, too. So there's different ones that you can. They will teach you the basics and cooking and management and the proper way to run a business, a restaurant. And not just on the book, it's hands-on. And that's what you really need. You need not just books, you know, smarts. You need to have hands-on. If you don't have hands-on, mm, 
You've got to have the real world experience. When I used to hire my cooks, my assistant chef, I put an onion on the table, I put a pepper on the table, and a carrot, and I go cut it to see if they have knife skills. And if they don't, uh, you haven't been around the kitchen for a while. Is there anything new and exciting coming up at the restaurant? I mean, new dishes, that kind of thing, or maybe upgrades to the restaurant? Yes, we are doing a couple new dishes. One of them is the one I was telling you, beef wellington. I've been mm-hmm. trying to do beef wellington. I've been asked for prime ribs, so we're going to start doing some a little bit more pasta dishes. We're going to flip it a little bit more Italian. And some of the, you know, the, the steaks are still going to be there. But I, I would love for the people within the community to come and visit and experience our restaurant. It's family owned. You got somebody who believes in the Lord, the same Lord you do. Loves this nation to death and willing to die for all the values of this nation, just like you do. And that's me and my family. I assure you that. As far as your hours, now I think I recently saw you're open for lunch now. Yes, we are open for lunch. Yes, from 11 to 2 for lunch. That's from Tuesday to Friday only. And then for supper, we are open from Tuesday through Saturday. Okay. And it's from 5 to 8 until Thursday, and then on Fridays and Saturday until 9 p.m. And if people want to learn more, kind of keep in touch with uh, some of your announcements and dishes, they can, I guess, follow you on Facebook. Is that the best way? That's the best way. Okay. I'm going to tell you, everyone, you're going to want to uh, follow this this gentleman here and and, uh, everything he's got going on because I guarantee you, you will leave his place and you'll be satisfied when you eat. (laughs) He knows what he's doing. He's very humble, but he knows yes. exactly I'm what he's learning doing. Learning how to boil water. You see what yeah, happens. yeah, yeah. I hear you. The biggest thing in the restaurant business, once again, anybody can walk in and teach you something. Right. And if you think you know it all, I'm sorry you don't. In any kind of business, we learn something new every day, and you have to be open-minded. Mm-hmm. And if you're not open-minded, I'm sorry. <laughs> you have to be open-minded. We learn, and you got to listen to your customers what they want yeah. and what we can provide. But I assure you a good meal. And I assure you, a clean place and a good value at my restaurant. Some people say, oh, my God, I could go to Shane Restaurant and get it three or four dollars. Not the same meat. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. There's no way you could do it. Yep. I know you can't do it. I've yep. been in the market for a long time. You so know I what know. things cost you. You know what, they're, what, yes, sir. what they have to be using to yes, hit sir. that price point, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so. different. So. Well, Ace, it was a pleasure having you on our show today. And uh, good luck on everything. And don't worry, you'll be seeing us in there very soon. Maybe today, because uh, as hungry as I am after talking about all these dishes, I'm going to have to do something to cure the hunger bug. But uh, you do such an amazing job. Thank you for being in our community, and thank you for everything you do. And uh, come back and see us sometime. Well, I appreciate it very much, and thank you, uh, DTC and everybody else and all my great customers. I appreciate it. I really invite you all to come in and uh, break uh, bread with us. I appreciate it very much. Absolutely. Stay tuned to The Local Click. More coming up after this. Here's normal internet speed. Here's the gig difference. Average speed, gig. Not enough speed, gig speed. With gig internet from DTC, everything's different. Video streaming is a breeze. Music and photos fly. And gaming gets real with no data limits. That's the gig difference. Call or visit DTC online and get your gig today.
We're going to start this segment with one of my very favorite parts of the show each and every month, where Justin Malden joins us with Justin's Tech Tips. Justin, take it away. What do you have for us today? Well, Nick, today we're going to be talking about something that people know about, but is often overlooked. That's keeping your software up to date. I know we see those little pesky notifications, right? That little notification pops up, says, hey, your software is not up to date. Would you like to update most of the time? What do you do when that happens? I have been known to postpone that. Right. Most people want to click, oh, ignore, remind me later. Uh, I know some some companies have, you know, remind me, you know, in infinity, you know, basically don't don't tell me again. I, I don't I don't care about this. But it's really critical to pay attention to those. Uh, and it's very, very important to, to do it. Um, the way that I see it is ignoring software updates. It's kind of like ignoring an oil change on your car. Right. You've got to do regular maintenance on the equipment that you're using on your vehicle. You wouldn't dare think about, well, I'm going to drive this thing for five years. I'm not going to touch it. I'm not going to take care of it or do anything to it. That may work out for you for a while. Right, You may be able to get by for it, but at some point it's going to break down or something bad's going to happen and you don't want to leave it uh, stranded. Let's dive into why this is so, so important. First, three things. Number one, security, right? The last episode, I talked about two-factor authentication, and I said I made the illustration that that's like adding a second lock to securing your online accounts. Well, when it comes to security for software updates, this is actually the opposite. If you're not updating your system, it's almost like removing those locks at times because there are individuals who are out there who are seeking to find what's called exploits. And, for instance, a most recent update that came out through a known software vendor all they patched was two holes, and they said these things are being actively exploited, which means people were taking advantage of them. Oh, wow. Well, in that case, you know what that's like? It's like having that door wide open. So there's not even a lock on that door. That door is wide open for somebody uh, to, to walk right into. And so with, a, with software updates, they do security updates, and this helps fortify your digital fortress, right, to make it that much more secure. So the door is not open, the door's shut, the door's locked the way that it's intended to be. Unfortunately, there's going to be bad actors out there. There's going to be people out there who have made it a living to try to find these things and to hack into things. Uh, the second thing is performance. You know, I talk about the oil change. You do that to keep your car running efficiently, right? To keep it running smooth, right? To keep the engine lubricated and, and to keep those parts long lasting. Right. Well, the same thing happens with software. As much as software programmers want to be efficient in what they're doing, they'll learn along the way, you know what, we can improve this. I can make this faster. I can make this better. I can make this easier for you. And we want our stuff to be running as fast as we can, right? I don't want to click something, and, and if it if it can take one second to do it instead of two seconds, right. how much time is that going to save in the long run, right? And so software optimizations are part of the update process where it's going to make everything run more smoothly. You know, again, Think of it this way. If you were running a marathon, would you wear a new pair of sneakers or would you wear a pair of sneakers that you've put a thousand miles through walking? If I was running a marathon, I don't know if it would matter what kind of sneakers I have, but I see where you're going with this. <laughs> right. If you were an elite athlete, of course, you, 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 would, you would want the new piece of Absolutely. equipment, yep. right? Because you know it's going to function better. In the same way, the software optimizations refresh what the hardware that you've already gotten, it improves it even more. And then the third thing is we've got bug fixes, we've got security improvements, but the third thing is you get new features, you get new things. So sometimes we think about, well, when a new product comes out, it has these new features. Well, oftentimes 
they will introduce new features into the existing hardware. So through software, you can get some of those new things. You don't have to do anything other than update it. And maybe when you're trying to go to a map and you're trying to search for somewhere specific, you're like, oh, I'm hungry. I want to find something. Well, you can click on restaurant or you can click on fast food. And then when you do that, if you're in Smithville, maybe Aces pops up and it recommends, hey, come here right. and, and eat at Aces. And here's here's the phone number. Here's the, the hours. You know, there's all kinds of features that you get through software updates. So you don't want to hold off because you are missing out on some new things that you can do. So ignoring software updates, not a good thing to do. In a nutshell, ignoring software updates, it's, it's going to compromise your security it's going to slow down your system. It's going to cause you to miss out on features. So you really, really, really want to do it. So when you see that update notification the next time, what are you going to do? Stop what I'm doing, and I'm going to update. You're going to, yes, you're going to take it, and you're going to click it. I know sometimes we sit back and think, oh, I've, I've got to do whatever task is on my mind. I don't have time to do it. Most of the time, these software updates don't take as long as we That's think. True. That's anyway, true. Right? It's it, pretty painless yeah, most of the time. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a pretty simple. And usually, it's just you click update, and it walks you through. Oh, it may say, oh, well, you need to restart the system. But it'll let you know, right? Right. You don't have to know anything specific. It will do the update automatically for you. So update your software. Stay safe. Stay updated and make the most of your technology. You're going to want to stay tuned because also we're going to have some more uh, information from Justin a little bit later about some uh, new technology in his Tech News Roundup coming up. I have two special guests with me for this segment, and they're both from TriStar Title, and that is April Miller and Susan Melton. Thank you so much for being with us. Oh, thank you for having us. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It is. There's something about... uh, the industry that you are both in, that we take for granted as consumers and the importance of of what you do, and that is in the title industry, right? So anytime you're going to own any kind of land or real estate or anything like that, there's certain services that you're going to need, and you guys really provide that service for people every day, right? We do. So tell us a little bit about what a title company does. The bottom line is, is that when you walk out the door, we know that you own the real estate. That is the key, that we know that we have done everything that can be done to ensure that um, all the liens have been taken care of, all taxes have been addressed, any issues that may arise. We want to make sure that the seller's been divested of any interest and the buyer is vested with all the interest in which to own the real property. How often do people need these services? Is it only when they're purchasing? No, we also deal with um, refinancing. Uh, we take care of a lot of those uh, matters as well. Okay. And banks also, when they're loaning their money on the um, client's property, they reach out to us for their services to make sure the title is um, correctly vested in that owner before they lend money. Who usually makes contact to you guys for your services? Is it, it could it be a wide variety of people? Is it the buyer, the seller, the, the lending institution? or It can be one of many people. Usually, if there's a buyer and a seller both involved, we'll hear, or, and there's a realtor involved, that's who we'll hear from. Where are you guys located? I know you have more than one location, We correct? do, one in Woodbury and one in Murfreesboro. And uh, how long have you been in Woodbury? Well, I've been here (laughs) all of my life, but um, we started the title uh, company in January of 2004. 
prior to that time, um, I had been practicing law and it was out of my law office. But basically the real estate um, started because my father had retired from the DA's office and had come back to practice and he wanted just something to keep him busy. So I started learning about the real estate business and that's how it got started. What about you, April? How did you get started in this industry? Well, I happened to be in her office one day and volunteered to help her, just help her, not intentionally getting into the business. And <laughs> that's been nine years ago. And I love the business. I love the challenge of it. I love the putting the pieces of the puzzle together. I love representing what we do to the client to make sure that it is done properly <clears throat> from beginning to end. There's a, a strong attention to detail that's needed in this industry, right? Oh, my goodness. There's not enough words to tell you how detail-oriented they have to be. Um, and they are the face of TriStar. Uh, April and Anita, Judy, and Tracy. Tracy's in our Murfreesboro office. We'll take a break here in a moment. Yeah. We'll bring her in here in All just right. a moment. That's great. But you're right. It's, it is a detailed um, business. It's, it's no um, file is the same. No client is the same. No property is the same. So each time you take a file, it is a whole new process as far as the detail to that particular property. And you know to make sure that your person, your client, is protected from beginning to end. You have to know that process to be able to put all the pieces together to deliver them the final vested title to their property. Do you have any examples that come to mind recently where you've, you've really saved someone a lot of trouble during a transaction? Um, I would say Susan was um, a part of this one. We had a client who came to us, um, it may have been last year, who had a piece of property that he wanted to purchase, um, and he wanted a title search on it to make sure what he was doing. And Susan reviewed that title search and came back to discover that whenever the bank took the lien on the property, that the entire property was not um, conveyed to that bank. So they actually did not have a right to sell the entire property. Wow. So Susan advised that client to step away, that that would not be in their best interest. I bet the client that. was extremely happy to know that you they guys were. were battling on his behalf, really, to mm -hmm. keep him from being in a very bad situation. So. That's true. And oftentimes it's somebody, if you have someone who is trying to sell property very quickly, you need to make sure that you um, do that title search to understand why. That is another case that a title search, they wanted to transfer properly quickly. The title search revealed they didn't own the fee simple title entirely to that piece of property. So um, there again, the detail, the legality of what we do is to protect that client. Right. And there's so much fraud now. Uh, mm -hmm. We've all recently just been to a seminar that we attend um, each year, which is very beneficial to us. And the fraud that is now becoming so involved in this business is unbelievable. I bet the industry is changing so quickly in regards to catching those kinds of things, right? Yes. It is. Mm -hmm. And the ones that are perpetrating the fraud are really getting to be... They're very good. Sophisticated. Yes. Right? They're very, very sophisticated. sophisticated. And that's, where, again, where the detail comes involved. Because mm -hmm. you're sharp enough, you can pick up on those things that you know that is not... Um, a client that you're doing business with. And that's something, you know, if some people think they can save a dollar sometimes and do some of these things themselves. You know, if they're just purchasing maybe a plot of land from someone, you know, tr you know, person to person without any of these services being performed, or they think they can get on the internet and check a few things and, and find the same information. But there's some of these red flags that unless you do this every day, 
it would be very hard to catch some of these issues, right? That is correct. It is. What's a typical uh, time length to do a title search? Is there a, a kind of we, a ballpark Well, range? we have a turnaround time as far as getting um, our title work back and those kinds of things. It's usually a three to five day range of okay, getting it back. that's not bad. So if you have um, everything and it's a clear title, because that's one of the things we say is we can't tell you how quickly we will absolutely close this until we have our title work back that says we have clear title and no issues. Makes sense. And most of the time, if a realtor's involved, there's a time frame that's specified on their contract. Yes, that's true. Right. For a closing. For a closing mm-hmm. to yeah. handle. That's true. Correct. Right. Yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about escrow. We hold um, earnest money in escrow, which is the money that binds a contract between a buyer and a seller, often for realtors or just for two individuals. So we hold that money in escrow so that if that contract um, falls apart or, you know, they, they come to an agreement, then we give that money back. Or if that money is held in escrow, then it goes towards the purchase price. So we do that. Um, we also hold the funds until, obviously, the contract has been complete. Once they pay for those funds, until we have a vested deed, we, in our hands, we hold that money before we release that um, to a seller. How are the fees typically handled for your services? Depends on what the contract says. Okay. So, um, typically, the buyer pays their fees, the seller pays their fees. Um, and we, obviously, when you're buying, you bring that one lump sum check to us and we disperse all fees to all parties that it needs to go to, whether it be paying taxes, recording, um, bank fees, whatever those fees may be. We have uh, Tracy Gullet here. Thank you, Tracy, for joining us. Thank today. you for having me. And you are the office manager in the Murfreesboro, Murfreesboro location? Murfreesboro, yes. Okay. Uh, 106 East College Street. Okay. And we're at 213 West Main Street, conveniently located across from the courthouse. And a great spot. And the office manager for the Woodbury office, that would be Anita. Anita Parton. Anita right. Parton. She's been with Susan for 32 years. She's Wow. Yeah. You get to know She's, someone after 32 She's years, don't good. you? So we talked about this a little bit earlier, but I kind of want to dig into a little more uh, details. And that question would be, why is title insurance so important? So title insurance is important for both lender and owner, just depending on you know, if the owner gets it, and most often the lender does get it. But it helps protect against liens, judgments. Um, there's material men's liens that might be of record. Um, any break in title where maybe the ownership does it, it's not very clear how the ownership passed. Um, it helps with those types of things. Um, I think you guys talked about estates earlier. Um, so it helps eliminate any flaws that might have been in the estate as to ownership. So those are where, that's where title insurance comes in. How soon should I be um, already in contact as far as getting my financing in order before I start looking seriously? Is it okay to go ahead and start shopping, window shopping, or should I stop right then and just get my paperwork in order for the financing? What, what's your opinion? You should definitely do financing first. Okay. Because that'll let you know what you're approved for because your real estate agent's going to need to know what their window is in the market. So what they can look for for you. It seems like there's always a lot of of agents coming and going in the real estate industry. I see I see that quite a bit, you know, just from the outside looking in. And, and I'm not saying that a new agent can't be knowledgeable, but at the same time, there are certain parts of the process you want to make sure that the person that's helping you with the transaction kind of understands it. Well, they should be your advocate. Right. The agent should be your advocate. So everything within the transaction should be pretty much based on 
what is in the best benefit of buyer or seller. And you're also signing a contract mm-hmm. that whole is a binding contract, and that realtor needs to have a clear understanding to protect you when you sign that document. It is a binding document, and you need a real estate agent who understands all aspects of what you are getting into and conveys that to you. Right. So communication is a huge part, huge, right? Huge. Huge. How many problems could we solve in life in general if we just had a little better communication, People right? We just talk to each other. Yeah, right. it would help. So that's there in lies. Don't ever hesitate to ask us a question. That's, that's right. right. Let's talk about uh, something that I see in the news um, quite a bit lately. Well, it's fraud in general, but in particular, wire fraud. seems like that's kind of a hot topic. Does that also affect the real estate industry and the title industry as well? It does. It's, it's a huge issue. So um, we have to usually acquire the wiring instructions for payoffs or they are included. Um, And we always have to call and verify, especially if something's sent by email. You get real good at looking at the very end of an email to know if it's coming from a legit sender or not. Um, There's things that I guess we just tend to look for if we get an email or a fax. If something's off, like it'll have a, a very odd area code, like a 611 or a 116 and you just kind of know there's certain red flags then you start to yeah you you get real good at picking out what's legit and what's not so um but we do that and then we've kind of switched gears a little and now we kind of want to cut paper checks and mail them just because it's a little on the safer side and then you don't have all the i guess the red tape and the i guess i wouldn't say insecurity but the fear of I guess sending it to the wrong place or the wrong person or so paper checks, I think is the best way to go. So in some ways we're moving forward and with technology in other ways, we're going backwards, right? That's right. And from a security aspect. Mm -hmm. Correct. And oftentimes clients don't realize that, that they could get a bogus email asking them to wire money in and you never, ever, ever wire money to a company without talking to them. It's nice to know there are people that have your back and that are trying to help you avoid problems before they arise. Because as we know in life, it's always easier to avoid the problem to begin with than to fix it, right? That's right. Yes. So I know you're a DTC business customer. And um, so what are some of the DTC services that you use every day and how does it help your business? Okay, well, we honestly would be in trouble without you. We, um, that's just the truth of it because we, um, use the internet and our phone services. That's how our clients get to us is obviously by phone, a lot of it, but we also use your internet to, um, connect to the, um, services we use to the, to the emails that we use to everything that without that service, we would be, um, in trouble, I guess we could say, um, because we do we do use it a lot. Um, also, we sponsor the Christmas parade, and we also sponsor um, some of the sporting events. That's that right. They have. I see your commercial on a lot of DTC three products that we broadcast. So, so, so you're very important to our business, and we're thankful that you give us that service. And I can say that um, we've been pleased with it. And we also have obviously your alarm package on our building, um, so that as well we're protected that way. So um, we just have the full benefit of your services to us. Well, we, appreciate, we appreciate, we appreciate you. you guys and we appreciate you being our customers. So Thank you. how can people find you if they have questions or want to contact you about your services? Okay. I can be reached at um, 615-867-3109. Okay. 
Um, and our office number is 615-563-7827. And again, we're across from the courthouse here in Woodbury. And so we um, always say we're at the red awning at the crosswalk. Just walk right on in our door and we'll be happy to help you. That's awesome. Thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. I have really learned a lot and I know they, they have as well. And we hope you can come back and see us sometime. Thank Sounds you. Good. Thank Thanks you. for having us. <laughs> Absolutely. Stay tuned. More of the Local Click coming up after this. You know that DTC provides great products and services to your home, and you can get the same great value for your business with DTC Business Solutions. Whether you're making sales over the phone or online to customers around the world, we deliver the reliable business solutions you need at a competitive price, and we do it all with uncompromising service. Let's talk about what matters to your business. Call DTC Business Solutions today. wrap up our second episode of the show and we're going to do that with what we like to call rapid fire wrap up and to uh, kick us off is the ask the experts segment and you must be an expert because you're back for the second in a row that's right i guess i did a decent job to get a call back to come back yeah you must have passed the audition i guess so jared bradshaw with dtc is here with us today and uh, thanks for being here and what are you going to Shed some light on for us today. Uh, today is all about, you know, accessing your router, figuring out what is the router, how to connect your devices, and, you know, finding the Wi-Fi name and password on your router. Oh, okay. So, basically, uh, when we install your service, you're going to have this router here. Uh, this is what comes off of the black box, which is the ONT. Um, when you want to find your Wi-Fi name and password on these, you can either look on the top. We usually display a sticker on the top. And you're going to see right here, it's going to say SSID. Um, when you look at that, that's what's actually going to come up in your Wi-Fi name. So getting to that, you're going to go to your network settings on which device you're connecting. And when you're connecting that, you'll click on the CXNK. And once that comes up, you type in what is called the WPA key. That's your password. Um, the WPA key is about 16 digits long. It can be found on this sheet of paper right here. Or you can look on the bottom of your router. And if that stickers not on top you can access all of that on the bottom as well um, when connecting you want to make sure that if you're staying like if you can see your neighbor's router or something like that you want to make sure you read the cxnk carefully that way you don't click on the wrong one and type in you know that long password right yeah you want to make sure you're connecting to what you think you're connecting to. Yeah, absolutely. Not that it would probably let you connect to theirs because the password I'm sure right. for theirs would be different anyway yeah, right that, and you hate to type that in and then once you type it in be like oh, I clicked on the wrong one. That, you know? makes, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. But uh, no, you can connect to this wirelessly or you can also connect to it hardwired. Um, on the back of this router here, you'll see we have four ports. So let's say this router here is sitting next to that television. You can take and plug into the back of the router with an Ethernet cord and plug it into the back of your TV if it's a smart TV. Mm -hmm. And you'll be able to connect hardwired rather than wireless. And when you're that close, you want to connect hardwired. What are some of the advantages or disadvantages as far as wired versus wireless? Uh, wireless compared to wired, whenever you're wired in, you have a more stable connection. You don't have to worry about wireless interference. Um, but when you're connecting to, you know, the wireless, you can connect all of your stuff that's not close enough to the router where you can hardwire it in as far as phones, iPads, you know, some laptops will allow you to actually hardwire. Um, if you work from home, it's a lot better to be hardwired into your router. Um, but yeah, there's, there's just a lot more benefits into being hardwired because you don't have to worry about that interference. But I guess if you need the, the flexibility to be mobile, 
then that's where the wireless probably. Yeah, absolutely. So let's say like advantage. your kid has an iPad or something and you want them to connect, they can connect to it. Or if you have a, a computer or TV upstairs, you can connect to it wirelessly or Xbox, PlayStation, PC, anything. It seems like a lot of the newer routers, such as the one that we're using at DTC, seems like they're faster than the ones I remember many moons ago. <laughs> Yeah. When, when this all started. Yeah, this actually has uh, six antennas in it, so it has a lot further reach than most of your common routers you see. So it has it's a, it's a lot better than what I remember back in the day whenever I was a kid. If there's something that anyone missed and uh, they want more information on this, can they go to the website or can they give us a call? Or what's yeah, the best, absolutely. Best if if y'all have a hard time getting this set up or um, you don't want to, or you have an issue, you know, finding your Wi-Fi name and password. Let's say your router is in a spot that's not easy, easily accessible. Just give us a call and we'll, we'll walk you through it. Or- They're going to get help. And the thing that I love is Nick, you and I both know this, uh, our, our support team is just down the hallway from us and they're always doing a great job uh, right there in Alexandria uh, for our local customers to be able to pick up the phone. You're going to talk to somebody uh, right here in your neck of the woods. That's what we like. So great job. There's a reason we call you the expert. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if you'd like his autograph, just uh, get in touch with me at the. No, I'm just kidding. So uh, they're five dollars a piece. No, I'm just joking. Also, is that too cheap? No, that's expensive. Expensive. <laughs> it's expensive now, but we don't know what's going to happen in the future. And that autograph may be very valuable someday. He's so got it a may point. Be a, it may be a hot commodity in the he's, future. He's got a point there. That's right. You're a tech expert, and he's a tech expert, but his is for Tech News Roundup. And in fact, Justin, if you don't mind, take us away on what this month's episode is all about for Tech News Roundup. Listen, this is getting to be the best time of the year for tech news. So we enter into the October time, and it's called Techtober for a reason. And so as we come into this, we have all kinds of people making announcements and setting up news releases and setting up product events. And the reason for that is it's the timing. What season are we about to come into coming in? We're coming into the holiday season, the buying season. Everybody's getting ready to spend those money, find some gifts. And so it's no coincidence that during this time of the year, there's a lot of stuff that is being announced. So for me, if you know me, you know I'm an Apple fanboy at heart. So the first event that I'm going to talk about is the Apple event, the most recent event that they had where they announced the number one selling phone in the United States. The iPhone. So they did some updates to it. So they, they've uh, added another iteration to it. So the iPhone 15, the iPhone 15 Pros come out. So they do their typical updates where they've, they've got some enhancements uh, to the chip and the processing and the, and the camera. A lot of things that people, you know, you look and you see, oh, this phone's not that different, but there's some, some small improvements. The technology is so good nowadays, though, and the processing is so good. Um, sometimes it may be a little bit more difficult to know from generation to generation that there's a difference. Um, I, I always say that, you know, when you talk about cameras, the, the most used camera in the United States, too, is an iPhone. It is not a, a DSLR. It's not a mirrorless camera. It's an iPhone. Why? Because it's the camera that you have on you. That's what you use the most is what you've got in your pocket. And so... When they do these updates and they are doing these small incremental improvements, it matters because it's what's being used the most out there. Uh, probably the biggest thing that they announced, they announced uh, new watches, new iPhones. They updated the AirPods uh, Pro second generation with USB-C. And that's probably the most notable change that people are going to see in day-to-day is USB-C was brought to the iPhone 15 Pro and to the second generation uh, uh, AirPod Pro. And for us, if you've been an app person, they've used a proprietary connector for years. Well, everything is going to USB-C. And part of the push really probably for Apple to do this was Europe is requiring USB-C going forward. 
But for all of us, that makes a difference because most devices are going to it. We're going to have a uniform uh, connector going through it. Uh, some other news around Amazon has done an event. Microsoft has done an event. So Amazon announced some new uh, Echo devices, Alexa, which is their uh, smart assistant, uh, their voice software that they use where they're generating some more AI stuff in it, opening it up to more third parties uh, to be able to utilize that. Microsoft announced new Surface tablets, new Surface devices. Again, heavy emphasis on AI. You will probably hear AI on the Tech News Roundup a lot going forward. But then for my gamers out there, I can't leave this out. Nintendo did their fall Nintendo Direct on September 15th as well. So they've announced, for me, we're talking about legacy, you know, Wi-Fi being faster now. They're doing a lot of remakes of some some old Nintendo games. So Luigi's Mansion 2 is getting a remake. There you go. They're doing a remake of Super Mario RPG. So for some of us that played these games when we were younger, you know, I'm nostalgic. And so, uh, so that gets me uh, excited. Uh, but they've also announced some some new games and some other things uh, going forward as well. So lots of stuff going on out there. Uh, it looks like on the horizon coming up for gamers, Microsoft is probably going to be announcing some new Xbox stuff. Uh, Sony's probably going to be announcing some new PlayStation stuff. Already seen some leaks. Don't want to mention anything because those are rumors. They haven't been confirmed yet. But again, October, really exciting time. There's going to be a lot more to talk about uh, once we get through October. Everybody loves going back to those childhood things, right? When you were yeah. t- things were simpler, things were easy. You know, talked with with a, somebody that I reconnected with that I saw out at a at an event uh, this weekend. I talked about man, you know, back when when we first met and we were back in school, things were just so much easier, right? Long, so I think that's a way for us to get away, right? right. To relive those things and and uh, you know enjoy enjoy the simpler things in life. All right, Jared, what's the first game you remember playing on the Nintendo? Uh, it has to be Super Mario. Me too. Me too. Uh, oh, I that think, was a fun one. I think everybody remembers Mario Brothers on the NES. And then, of course, for, for a lot of people, Super Mario World on the SNES is where it really broke through for, for most people. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Unfortunately, if I want to tell my age, I remember when the original Nintendo was released. And uh, I remember most of those first games, Duck Hunt included, <laughs> standing about three inches from the television screen, the little... Uh, gun there, the Nintendo gun, right? When you're trying to shoot the ducks and then uh, if you miss, the dog would pop up and laugh at you and, <laughs> and make you feel like you were very inferior. So, yes, no PTSD for me during those moments, though. So it was all good. Hey, listen, <laughs> there's a huge market out there for, for retro games, whether it's through emulation or there's vendors out there who remake hardware so that you can output in HD, connect to your modern televisions without having to use things. I know because I have one uh, in my basement at my house where I can replay all my old SNES games that I still have. I still have a Nintendo 64 that I have hooked up to the TV. So when I talk about these remakes, hey, I still go back and play the originals as much as I can too. Oh, that's good stuff right there. If it's not broke, don't fix it. That's right. You might want to hold on to that Nintendo 64 as well because there's a hot margin for them to nowadays. I mean, it, they're pretty expensive. Yeah, the, everything that was, you know, big there for a while kind of faded off, right? That's right. But then it's like everything in life. It's cyclic. So just when you think it's safe to get rid of it, sell it, get whatever, nobody wants this, it starts fetching big bucks. If you don't believe me, go on eBay. <laughs> Check yeah. it out, right? 
hey, anybody that's got vinyl records out there, that's a market too. Talking about this vintage retro stuff, yeah. nostalgia. I mean, it, it it's happening all across the board, not just with with video games, but any you know any of that media um, is huge. Uh, that's coming back. And I appreciate the information about the uh, Apple devices, especially the iPhone. I'm uh, rocking the iPhone eight uh, plus, so I think it's time. You know, I, I think it's time every year. I know you do. <laughs> You're that I, guy, right? I, I still have the, the, the iPhone 14 Pro. I don't have the 15 Pro in hand yet, um, but you best believe it's coming. Yeah, well, that's good. Nothing wrong with that. So. Well, I appreciate it, Justin. Good good information, and it's nice to take that walk on uh, down memory lane, too, about some of the games and stuff. Hey, maybe we should just, all three of us, bring a Nintendo here into the studio so when we're done one day. We could play. Yeah, we, right. could. we don't have to broadcast that because uh, for me that would be embarrassing. So I don't know about you guys. <laughs> Justin probably take us. He plays all the time. He'd probably whoop us on that. Not as much as I would like to now that I've gotten older. <laughs> uh, I still play, but uh, I, I I will tell you this. Anytime I do play, I'm like, I remember that this was a lot easier when I was a child. So I think I've gotten worse over time instead of better. Let me tell you, I'm a little older than you. Yes, your reflexes, they do slow down. <laughs> so uh, something to look forward to, everybody. So um, we'll start now with the very last part of our show. This is what we like to call What's Up DTC. And this is where I'll kind of go through a kind of like a calendar list of where we're going to be and some things that we're doing. So um, we will start with uh, October the 6th, and then we'll be at the Family Medical Health Fair. And then on October the 7th, we have the Pumpkin Festival in Smithville. October the 13th is the Cannon County Senior Health Fair. October the 13th also will be the DCHS Career Fair. On October the 28th, we have the Alexandria Fright at the Fairgrounds event. That sounds like fun. There could be some candy involved on that one, I'm sure. So, as well as uh, maybe the Woodbury Pumpkin Festival on October the 28th, the Smithville Boo Bash October the 31st, and the uh, Gordonsville event. What is that one called, Justin? That is the Gordonsville Halloween Bash they have on Main Street there. And that's on October the 31st as well. And then as far as some other things going on in uh, DTC world, uh, DTC3 and DTC Sports specifically, we have four uh, live high school football games coming up in October. On October the 6th, we'll be uh, covering the Cumberland County at DeKalb game. October the 13th will be Westmoreland at Smith County. October 20th will be... Marion County at Cannon County, and October the 27th will be Monterey at Smith County. And there's all kinds of things to do in your local communities uh, to get out there and be a part of it, and we're just glad to be able to be involved with it uh, and to be able to be a part of it. Absolutely. All right, well, I think that's going to wrap up this episode of The Local Click. Jared, thank you once more for being with us uh, for this month's episode. Yeah, thanks for having me. And I hope that we can talk you into coming back next month. Maybe. You did promise donuts last time, and I didn't see. I, you know, he's got a point. We could go to the last episode, and it's on there. Yeah, um, yeah, we don't have to get the court reporter to review the transcript on that. I do believe I remember that, and I may have faltered on the donut thing which kind of breaks my heart because i'm as big a fan if not bigger than you than you when it comes to donuts is that a challenge 
Yeah, we're going to make this happen. We're going to make this happen. (laughs) Justin, thank you also for always helping us out and sharing the tech news and all the other information that's going on around the area. So. It's always always a pleasure to be here and get together with you guys. Okay, so uh, make sure that you join in with us each and every month. We'll be here with you on the first Wednesday of each month for The Local Click. If you want to know where to find us, go to your favorite podcast platform and search for The Local Click, and we'll be there. You can also go to YouTube if you'd like to watch us in 4K and get the full experience. If we had donuts here, you could actually watch us eating donuts in 4K. Not sure if that's something you'd want to see or not, but uh, probably, not. probably not. But uh, it would be good proof that I would bring the donuts. Maybe if next month we can do that. So, yep. And I uh, also want to say if uh, you're trying to find an easy URL or uh, web address uh, to type in to find more information about the show, if you go to thelocalclick.com, it will lead you to the DTC website where we have a page set up where you can listen or subscribe or get more information. So uh, please be sure to keep in touch with us and tune in each month as we'll always have new guests, new tech tips, new everything when it comes to technology and how DTC can help you maybe in your everyday lives. So once again, thanks for being with us and we will see you next month. Learn more about the show by visiting us online at thelocalclick.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast or video platform so you won't miss our next episode of The Local Click. See you next month.